Hi, everyone. My name is Chad Nitschke, co-founder and CEO of Bunker, and also host of this podcast, Ready, Set, Work. Ready, Set, Work is a podcast series that focuses on the future of work, specifically highlighting all different perspectives from the gig economy to on-demand platforms and more. Join us each episode to hear from thought leaders paving the way toward the future of work. Hi, everyone. We're here today with Alex Marlantis, co-founder and CEO of Everlance. Alex, thanks for joining us. We're excited to highlight your work with Everlance. Maybe to kick things off, could you describe Everlance and just how you're all contributing to the future of work? Sure. Thanks, Chad, for having us. Everlance is an app that allows people to automatically track their business revenue and expenses. As more and more people become independent workers, we help them track their revenue expenses and taxes. Cool. And I'm curious, how did you come to realize that that was a pain point for like independent contractors and the self-employed in general? And then um, ultimately, maybe what inspired you to solve that specific problem? Yeah, great question. So actually, my dad growing up was a novelist. And so he would be working on books. And in the interim, you'd have consulting assignments, things like that. And I actually remember sort of growing up, my job would be to sort of key in his expenses into Excel. And so he was trying to figure out, you know, hey, can I deduct you know, this piece of software that I bought or, you know, other things like that. And one thing that always stood out to me is you'd keep a paper mileage log. And so one of the um, larger expenses that we help people track is actually their vehicle mileage. You get a standard deduction of, you know, today it's 54 cents per business mile. And he would write in a from location, a to location, a date, a time, sort of all these details. And at the end of the year, he would deduct those miles against his business. Um, so I just remember sort of, I think that was in the background. Um, and then my sister actually became an actress in Los Angeles. And if you're an actress, you're really sort of a caterer, a nanny, a this or that. She had all sorts of independent income. And it just seemed like this sort of big thorny problem that technology would be so good at solving. Um, so I think that was sort of in the background. And then I was coming of professional age in San Francisco. And a lot of my you know, friends and peers were joining these really exciting companies like Uber or Airbnb. Um, you know, Lyft, you know, all those, all these things that participate in the gear economy. And so I just really thought there'd be a big opportunity to sort of help build the infrastructure behind all of those opportunities. That's great. So you effectively had some family members maybe that were like beta testers of kind of an early version of what you ended up building. Yeah, that's right. Um, my dad's certainly not a techie, so he was a great, <laughs> a great person. He's like, all right, if we can convince him that, you know, this, this is easier than the old habit, um, you know, we, we thought we'd be onto something. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, all right, so th this might seem like a simple question, but I'm, I'm always a little bit surprised by how varied the answers are. Um, when you think about Everlance and kind of the problem you're solving, how do you define an independent contractor? And I guess what effectively does that term kind of mean uh, to you? Yeah, we think of it you know, quite simply as a, someone who has 1099 income rather than W-2 income. So we sort of you know, draw the line there. We also help you know, small businesses that might have you know a few employees or those little proprietors sort of keep track of expenses but for us it's just simply a tax definition gotcha no that makes sense and i know you have a really large base of self-employed professionals on the everlance platform and i think um you've publicly stated that i think you have over three hundred thousand. is that is that right yeah i think the last number we we, we put out there was four hundred thousand sort of wow. towards the start of this year that's great and i'm, I'm curious um can you describe maybe what the typical customer looks like if there is a typical customer um, on the platform? Yeah. Well, one thing that's actually really surprised us is just how 
sort of long a tail it is. Um, you know, when we started this, we thought it'd be mostly just um, gig economy sort of labor platform. So Uber, Lyft, um, TaskRabbit, DoorDash, Postmates, those kind of folks. Mm -hmm. And it's been really fun to see that, you know, there's this huge, huge economy that sort of, I think, been traditionally underserved beyond that. So people that work in home services, real estate agents, um, you know, nannies, um, wedding, wedding planners, wedding photographers, um, and now we're even, even seeing sort of architects and attorney. Um, the number of people that want to either work for themselves or, or work as an independent contractor has really exploded. And I'm curious, so you, you, you guys have a lot of experience then with over 400,000 users on the platform. And I mean, what are some of the common questions that you get from um, independent contractors? And it would be interesting, I think, to have a little lens inside of the voice of, of effectively your customer. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's a great question. So a lot of times we're introduced to a user um, when they're doing independent work for the first time. So you might imagine that you were a W-2 employee and you had a job, maybe you worked um, at Starbucks or something like that, and all your taxes are withheld, um, everything's really straightforward. You get a paycheck and you probably get um, a small refund at the end of the year and that's it. Um, you Maybe you know that person, their passion is to be a musician and they start to get more gigs. So they might start to have independent income like that. Um, and then they think, hey, like, I might as well make a, a go of this. I want to become a professional musician. Uh, maybe I can fill in sort of um, the low seasons, you know, if, I, if they're not getting gigs during the summer by driving for Uber and Lyft and delivering for DoorDash. And so now all of a sudden they have four income sources, right? Music, DoorDash, and Uber and Lyft. Um, and at some point they might realize or they might hear from, from their partner, hey, you, you have independent income. You also have an independent tax obligation. We're not withholding any taxes for you. Um, and because it's sort of this independent labor platform, um, they don't really want to um, do too much education um, to those users because they're worried about the, the kind of status of you know, employer, the employer-employee status. They really want to make sure that relationship remains independent. Um, so that's when we'll come in. They'll either um, hear about us from, from the labor platform, who will provide us as a resource, or they'll hear about us from a friend or through like a, a search through, through the App Store or Google or something like that. And then, you know, really the questions they have is like, hey, like, what does it mean to have independent income? You know, how am I supposed to pay taxes? You know, how many taxes am I supposed to pay? Um, you know, we get a lot of questions like that. Um, so I'll, I'll pause there. But another interesting area that, that we're starting to get questions on with regard to taxes is as people's business becomes bigger, they're supposed to pay quarterly taxes. And so there's a lot of confusion in terms of, you know, how to pay quarterly taxes, how much taxes to pay, whether they need to do it, those kind of things. Yep. And is it fair to say, I mean, I kind of see that as one of the barriers for, you know, independent contractors to, to work that way, right? To have that flexibility is like taxes, you know, one example. And is that effectively kind of how you look at your business partially, at least in terms of removing that barrier for them? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great way of looking at it. You know, one of our, our hopes is we think the trend towards independent work is sort of inevitable. And can we help remove some of that friction? And so one of those friction points today is just the way that the, the tax system is set up, you're, um, you're, you're your own sort of one-man tax authority, and that's just a pain. And so, you know, can we sort of remove that pain and have that experience be just as seamless whether you want to work for yourself or work for a large employer? I want to touch on something that you mentioned. So uh, some of your customers, you know, come through like referrals, maybe from, you know, friends they have that are independent workers. Um, and then others, I think you said, come from the actual platform themselves. And um, can you talk a little bit more about how you partner with platforms and maybe that part of your business? Sure. Um, it can be anything from, 
you know, we're just a resource in their help center. So um, when someone has a question around taxes, um, you know, to, to maybe give you a, a little extra context about what our app does is, you know, essentially we replace the paper mileage log and the shoebox of receipts. And so it's an iPhone or an Android app. We're also available as a web app, for, uh, you know, on your desktop computer. And rather than recording all those things, Everlance is automatically recording all of your mileage in the background for you. And then all you need to do is sort of look at a feed of cards and swipe one of those cards to the left if it's personal and you don't want to sort of claim it on your taxes, or you swipe it to the right and claim it on your taxes. And then all the other data, the from location to location, the GPS map is recorded for you. On the transaction side, very similar. Um, you link your credit card to Everlance, sort of like, you know, you can think about it like Mint or, or Clarity or, or one of those apps. And then you see a, a feed of all your transactions, and Everlance will actually proactively go through and sort of help you um, understand what might or might not be a business deduction. And so, if you know you you thought you could um, deduct your your cell phone plan because you need your cell phone, you know, in order to, to do your, to do your independent income, you know, Everlance will kind of help show you that, um, or you know, even more creative creative um, sources of deductions. And so a lot of new independent workers have questions around what they can or cannot deduct. And so we can show up in a help center resource. For some of our partners, we could even be included in onboarding, which is um, something, of course, we love. But there's 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 really a, a range of other things we can do. Oh, that's great. Um, and, and shifting gears a little bit, so we, we, we all know that the gig economy is growing incredibly fast. And you know I think resources, so similar to kind of whatever Lance is building, and even more broadly than that, are, are still playing catch up. Um, and so I'm curious, from your perspective of engaging with you know over 400,000 independent workers, where do you still see the biggest uh, gaps are in terms of resources that need to catch up? Yeah, I think, you know, just understanding your business is a big one. So, you know, that's something that we, we try to help folks with. Um, so, you know, understanding how much money you're actually making. Um, I think that's that's really important. One of the things that we see is that as a category, it's, it, it tends to be high churn, you know. So I think part of the high churn is that people aren't really making as much money as they, as they hoped or thought they would once they internalize um, you know, the costs associated with the income, how, how much time it takes them, all those kind of things. So we try to help people sort of sort of see those things. Um, and I think another really interesting area would be insurance. So I would love to ask you, you know, what, you know, for a typical gig economy worker, what kind of insurance products do you think, you know, they're missing or what would you want to see, you know, available to them? Yeah, great question. I mean, it's definitely one of those areas that is emerging that, you know, the insurance industry hasn't really kept up with the pace of change of the gig economy or the future of work. Um, and there, as you know, there's a lot of regulation involved in insurance, and so it takes time. The good news is there, you know, uh, selfishly speaking, companies like Bunker, but then other companies that are really pushing forward to kind of lean in and, and drive some of that, you know, regulatory um, and just product changes that, that are necessary. But yeah, I would still say it is very, very early days uh, when it comes to that. And like our goal is, maybe similar to Everlance in that we want to remove kind of insurance as a, a friction point in kind of the onboarding process, but then also make sure that the worker has adequate protection, um, you know, and ultimately benefits that they that they might not get, you know, working independently uh, naturally. So no, we think about it, I think uh, probably somewhat similarly, you know, solving a different pain point, but, um, but yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, one product, you know, just thinking out loud now, I think would be would be awesome for the industry, and I'm not sure if it's an insurance product or, or something else, is just allowing sort of like 
I guess like work work continuity. So I think one of the things that's scary about being an independent worker is you don't have you know an employer um, that sort of understands your situation and will continue to pay you if something bad happens. And so if you you know get in an accident and you know can't drive and you're an Uber driver, you know those three weeks of income can be crippling for you. You know especially if you're sort of you know close to close to the wire on a credit card bill or, or a rent payment or something like that. Um, and I think you know, across the spectrum, whether you're an Uber driver or, you know, a software engineer um, at home who might get sick and, um, and not be able to work for, for, for a few weeks or months. Um, you know, I think that, I think that's, that's really interesting. Um, and I also think that as sort of industry participants can offer products to make independent work less scary and more appealing, more and more people will become independent workers, which will attract, you know, even more people to offer products and products at lower costs and, I think you know if things go well, there'll be sort of a virtuous cycle that that kicks off and allows more people to do to do independent work. Yep, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm kind of curious. So, if you weren't building Everlance, like, what do you think you would be building in terms of maybe helping the future of work? What 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 problem would be most enticing for you to solve? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think you know. Hopefully, we can actually tackle some of those problems with Everlance. I think where where we want to start is really kind of become like the independent worker system of record. So, you know, how much money are you making? How much, how much money are you spending? Who are you spending that money with? And then I think actually, you know, if we can really sort of nail that, and I think it'll take years, you know, it's not, it's not a simple problem, um, yeah. and help them organize all their data. Once that data is organized, you know, maybe we can help them make better, um, you know, financial decisions or, or decisions on, you know, you know, how they're gonna work, where they're gonna work. So actually, you know, I think hopefully some of those things we can do, um, do with Everlands. It'll ju it'll just be a few years from now. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like one of the questions I was going to ask you is maybe where you see some of the biggest impacts um, from technology have been in the gig economy, and it, it kind of feels like what we're talking about here. I mean, there, there's been a lot of advancements, I think, with technology in helping workers find work and helping organizations, you know, find workers. So kind of the marketplace impact, but. Now it's maybe the next extension of that is really focusing on how do we help those workers work effectively and be protected and have resources and have training. And I'm, I'm curious, how, how do you, um, I guess one, do you, do you kind of see it similarly? And then um, do you have any other kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, 100%, um, you know, couldn't agree more. I think one question that, that we have is, um, you know, like, I guess like as the industry evolves, like how many of those resources will be provided by like the labor platform? And so if you if you're a labor platform and you're basically matching you know a buyer and seller, um, you know if you can provide you know more guarantees like um, and make life easier for for both parties, it could be payments, right? You're going to facilitate the payment like Uber does, but it also could be like work protections. Um, you know, I think that could be really interesting versus um, will the marketplaces sort of remain independent and be like, look, we're, we do a fantastic job at matching buyers and sellers, but for, you know, all these other things like, um, you know, worker protections or, or taxes or, or tools that you might need for your job, you're out on your own. Um, I think th I think that'll, that'll be an interesting area to watch um, because there's also sort of, it's not just um, sort of cut and dry business, like what makes good, you know, business sense or um, even what makes good social sense in terms of, of helping folks is also sort of layers and layers of, of laws and regulations um, that make it difficult for some of those labor platforms to, to provide those things. Yep, no, that makes sense. Um, one question, a little more specific to Everlance and the problem that you're solving. So 
Uh, I'm curious, maybe what has been the biggest uh, surprise or uh, maybe, you know, unexpected thing that has come up from like the day you started the company to fast forward to today? Yeah. Um, I'd say two things. I'd say the first thing is my, my co-founder, Gabriel, he's our, he's our CTO and we were in business school together. And he had started a business before um, that helped small businesses in, in Latin America and the U.S. sort of build their first website, sort of like a Wix or Weebly, if you're familiar with those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had, I think, he had internalized a lot of good habits about just sort of following the user and, and seeing what's important to them. And when we first launched Everlance, we thought the most exciting sort of data to organize would be transactions. Um, so, we, you know, the idea that all of a sudden, for the first time, you know, a user could link their credit card, we could see those transactions and help them sort through and find, you know, what would be a tax deduction and what wouldn't be and, you know, what their true income is and stuff like that. You know, we thought that was a really exciting problem to solve and also just sort of a really rich set of data to to start working with. Um, And, you know, we did some interviews with folks and they said, well, hey, you know, for my job as a gig economy worker, you know, most of my expenses are actually mileage. You know, so if I'm earning $40,000, I might have you know eight thousand dollars in expenses. Six thousand dollars is my mileage, um, which is comprehensive of the gas you put into your car, maintenance, wear and tear, license and registration fees, and then two thousand dollars is sort of everything else. And we're like, oh wow, like that's interesting, um, you know. And I sort of remember you know my dad having a mileage log, and so we built um, a mileage tracker that was a really simple mileage tracker, and it just sort of had like sort of incre- a crazy amount of usage, and you know so we kept you know iterating on it and you know he was a big proponent of like hey like people people really seem to to be needing this let's sort of keep refining it let's make it fully automatic so you don't need to you know hit a start but start button or a stop button um and so i think that was a big surprise where i think you know we thought what would draw most people then would be transactions and you know now we've spent you know two plus years like you know really starting to refine transactions and i think we'll, we'll be coming up very soon with some very exciting sort of new ways to automatically, you know, process all the transactions. But I'd say the first surprise was that mileage was this thorny problem. And it's, I think it's something that you don't really think about unless you have that job or, you know, maybe you're a, you're a traveling salesperson. Um, and so I'm really thankful that we, you know, he kind of saw that inside and we spent a lot more time on it because it's, it's a hard problem to solve elegantly. Um, and I'd say the second one is just like the long tail of work. You know, I think, you know, we're always surprised by what people do. And, you know, it's shocking, you know, how many like dog walkers there are. Or, you know, we'll see all sorts of crazy jobs like people who are, um, you know, like, you know, crawfish fishermen. You know, and they're <laughs> yep. driving around like, you know, picking up crawfish traps. Like, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> that was a job, you know. Um, and so I think, yeah, just the, just the variety of, of independent work, um, and you know where they're doing it all, you know, all around the U.S. That that's been a kind of a fun fun surprise. Yep, and that's actually a great uh, segue into the next question. So if you, you know, uh, think about like uh, basically predicting, you know, what is the gig economy going to look like in, in in let's say five years, and what do you think some of the um, biggest changes will be? I think one change will be. You know, there'll be many more types of gig economy work. So I think about it, you know, gig economy, like we said, we kind of just think about it as a labor marketplace. It's a way to, to match someone who wants to, to sell labor, right? And, and they get to pick how much labor they sell, which is amazing. It makes it so flexible. It's like, hey, I want to I want to drive for Uber for one hour or I want to drive for six hours. I don't want to do it this day or that other day. 
And so if you're a stay-at-home dad or you know an entrepreneur or someone bootstrapping another business, that's so valuable. I think that value also applies to other types of, of labor besides you know rideshare or delivery or um, you know home services contracting. So I'm excited to see sort of what else you know um, sort of comes up, and I would imagine it's going to sort of um, hit every angle of the economy. So you know whether it's attorneys doing you know part-time legal work, right, and all of a sudden the attorney doesn't have to work at a big law firm in San Francisco and you know have an expensive you know mortgage, they can live in you know um, Boulder, Colorado, and like enjoy a higher quality of life, and you know um, or whether it's um, you know piecemeal design work or consulting work. Um, you know, I think I remember um, looking at jobs at Hourly Nerd. You know, when I was an MBA student, which is, I think it's called Catalan now, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a, that was a really fun example too. You know, that you could have, um, you can sort of, you know, gig economy eyes. You know, you know, kind of, kind of anything and everything. Yep. Yeah. No, I completely agree, and I think. Um, you know, fast forwarding five years, I just think it'll become more of the norm, right? It's just one of those uh, maybe generational kind of changes where you have, you know, you're seeing different elements of this emerge today where you have, you know, people that are full-time gig workers, but then you have people that are, you know, doing it as a side hustle. You know, then you have people that are underemployed that use it to kind of augment their income. And I really do think that over time, that's going to be more of you know, kind of the the cloth of society and just in terms of how people think about working. It's this, you know, kind of this ultimate uh, flexibility. Yeah, so I think one thing that's interesting, I don't know if you guys, if you've thought about this at all, is it's nothing to do with our business, but like how do people differentiate themselves and earn higher wages as a gig gig economy worker, right? So I think one of the dangers of a marketplace is like it's going to make everyone put in the lowest bid, right? So, Mm -hmm. hey, my hourly rate isn't 20, it's 18. And if that's the lowest rate, you know, the most people will, will look at me on Upwork or, or, you know, any other sort of marketplace. But I think in order for it to be like a healthy, awesome sort of long-term thing for, for people in our economy, people should be earning more money, you know, as they, as they gain more skills. And um, yeah, I don't know if you have any ideas, but I think it'll be interesting to see how folks learn how to differentiate themselves and justify higher and higher rates so they can have kind of similar economic progression that someone would have you know, climbing a climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, I agree. I think there's an opportunity there, and um, I, I don't have a great answer for you on that one. I mean, p- part of it, um, I guess, just my opinion could be around expressing how, um, like, work independent worker reviews. So, in other words, you know, workers that have solved problems that have done a really great job. I think there's an opportunity for that to be demonstrated even more, kind of within a marketplace environment. So, like, as an example, if I'm going to hire a graphic designer or the crawfish fisherman, right? <laughs> you know, like, how how am I going to find the best talent and ultimately be, you know, kind of willing to pay for it? And I think that's one opportunity is. Maybe marketplaces could do a better job of drawing out, like, who is that top quartile kind of worker on their platform by that specific, you know, kind of opportunity or uh, problem that they're solving. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. It's interesting. It's, um, you know, I was talking to a friend who, who thinks about kind of like the future of education, and one of the things he says that, you know, colleges and grad schools do, you know, it's not, you know, half of it's Wikipedia, right? It's just sort of teaching people stuff, which they could just learn on their own. And the other half is credentialing them. So if you went to, you know, a, no, a fancy, well-known school, everyone's like, oh, you know, let's hire him or her. That that makes sense. And um, you know, I think a, a, a rating, you know, is, is very simplistic, mm-hmm. like one to five stars, but it's kind of similar. So it'll be interesting to see like how people get more nuanced and you know allow people to sort of 
um, you know, have a badge of, of, of the great work that they do and, and get credit for it. Yep, definitely. Cool. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners just about your experiences or just general observations with the future of work? Um, man, well, I'd love to, to hear from folks if anyone has, has any thoughts. Um, you know, we help freelancers, independent contractors, solopreneurs track their, their revenue expenses, and we're excited to see sort of what we can do after that. Um, so if you need expense tracking, please check out our app. You, you can search for it. It's just Everlands. Or if it's a space you're excited about and, and you'd, like, you'd like to chat, please feel free to shoot me an email. I'm, I'm alex at everlance.com. All right. So that is a wrap. A huge thank you again to Alex for taking the time to share his experiences with us on the Ready, Set, Work podcast. Um, and of course, to all those gig workers out there, just keep hustling. Uh, because like Alex and I talked about, you definitely are the future of work. Um, and as always, thanks to our listeners. If you have ideas, thoughts for guests, or suggestions for future podcast topics, please reach out. Tweet us at BunkerHQ using the hashtag ReadySetWork, or email us directly at hello at All right, back to work.